Thanks, Celia. Shall we pray? Loving God, speak to us clearly, we pray, by the power of your transforming spirit. And Father, may we see things never just as the world sees them, but always in the light of your Son, of what he's done, and in the truth of his word in the scriptures, and by the power of that same Holy Spirit at work. Make us more like Jesus. Father God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start off with a question, and here it is. Everybody ready? Fingers on the buzzers or whatever it is uh, that you do in these parts. Here is the question. Can anybody tell me one thing they noticed in that reading this morning, that reading that Celia just read for us? Did anybody notice anything? That's a big round no. <laughs> Anything, anything at all? Anything that struck you? Anything you noticed in it? So the words of the liturgy are like communion liturgy, yes? Judgment. Judgment. Oh, scary. Hazel. Okay, so... Okay, okay, great. Thanks, Hazel. Anybody else? That was three bold souls. Any more? Sorry, say that again. Okay, so this is, um, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, but yes, you're right. So they're sharing the Lord's Supper, which follows on from the, the Last Supper. Okay, so different things uh, that we might notice as we look at that reading. Well, I'm going to give you a piece of travel advice as we get started uh, with this passage today. Um, I want you to think about a piece of travel advice that was actually given by a man called Ambrose. He was one of the great teachers of the early centuries of the church, and this was his advice to travellers everywhere. He said, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, and when you are somewhere else, do as they do there instead. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, and this is great travel advice. Of course, if you're visiting Mirpur, it might be best not to wear your best mankini when you go there. It's just not what you do in places like that. It doesn't win you friends. But actually, this thought that when in Rome you do as the Romans do, this tells us something as well about human beings. It describes human beings pretty accurately because most of us, if not all of us, ultimately, we just want to fit in. We just want to fit in. And unless we think very carefully about it, or unless perhaps God's Holy Spirit is living and working in us, our natural inclination is just to do what the people around us are doing. We do things perhaps without thinking, because it's just the way things are done round here. We do it just because we always have. It's all that we know. It's all that we are used to. And I noticed when I asked you uh, a moment ago uh, to tell me something that you'd spotted in the reading that at least some of you, not everybody, I'm not mentioning any names, but at least some of you put your hands up. You didn't just call out, very naughty, uh, you didn't just call out. Uh, and why was that? Well, I didn't have to ask you to put your hands up, those of you who did. I didn't have to tell you to do it because most of us who've perhaps been brought up in the British education system on this island, that's just what you do. 
You're taught from a very young age, so long ago that we probably can't even remember it. You're taught to do two things. You're taught to sit on the floor with your legs crossed, or at least you were when I was at primary school, and you're taught to put your hand up before you speak. I used to be a reception class teacher, and in fact, I used to be a nursery class teacher as well, and it's one of the things I used to teach those children in South London to do. You just put your hand up, and it becomes second nature. You never have to, or you shouldn't ever have to tell a year six or a year eight to do it, because it's just there inside them. The way things are done around here, when in Rome, friends, do as the Romans do. And there's a name for this. They call this culture. Culture, the things that we do without thinking every time we relate to the people around us. What's the culture of this community? What's the culture of that community? What's the culture of that community over there? It's just the ways in which that community's members behave in their relationships with one another without even thinking about it. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. And the Romans certainly had a very particular culture when it came to social occasions. There's one ancient writer, he had a great name, his name was Marshall, and this is what he wrote about going out to dinner with some important people, friends. He said, I got invited out to, he said it in Latin obviously, but I'm translating as I go on. He says, I got invited out to dinner the other night, but not everybody got the same thing. The host and his friends, well, they ate oysters for sure, fattened in the Lucrine Lake. I assume that's a good thing to be for an oyster. But I had to make do with mussels that I sucked out of the shell. And he and his friends, well, they had the best mushrooms, of course they did, but I only got a few old funguses. They got turbo. I think that's how it's pronounced. Maybe it's turbot. I'm not sure. It's a very posh sort of fish anyway. I looked it up in the dictionary. Uh, I got brill. That is not so posh. They ate turtle doves. Ooh. Ooh. I think they were dead by that time. Ooh. They ate turtle doves, bloated with fat, bloated in size. But I got a scrawny magpie that had died in its cage. So yes, I did eat with the host and his friends the other night, but you couldn't really say that I dined with them. It's just the way they did things there. This was the culture of banquets in Rome, and by extension, I guess, Roman colonies, places like Corinth. It's just how they used to do things when in Rome do as the Romans do. The wealthy and the less wealthy, they might be together in the same room for this banquet, or more likely, the wealthy would be in one room and everybody else would be outside, around the edge. And there was no sense in any case in which they really dined together. Because the different groups would eat their own separate suppers, some over there and some over there, unconnected entirely from one another. You can see what Paul is getting at. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? Because that certainly describes what these Corinthian Christians or halfway Christians or working on it Christians, even if they don't realize that's all that they are. Let's say these very imperfectly formed Christians, but then who are we, of course, to throw stones? 
This describes what these Corinthian Christians seem to have been doing. They're just fitting in with the culture around them. Quite possibly don't even realise that that's what they're doing. Because that is what culture is like. Paul says in verse 21 of the reading, when you're eating together as the church, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers, and as a result, one person remains hungry, while another gets drunk. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. But this, of course, is not the message that St. Paul, who wrote this letter, this is not the message that Paul wants to give. Actually, he says, don't do it. Romans, Corinthians, Christians, don't do this. It's wrong, so don't do it. And just because you're in Rome or in Corinth or wherever, and just because it's what the pagan Romans and the pagan Corinthians do, that does not make it right. And it certainly is not godly or Christ-like. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, Paul says. For your meetings do more harm than good. Verse 17, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And he goes on in verse 22, don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? (laughs) Shall I praise you? Certainly not. Not in this matter, certainly not. No, I will not. No way. When in Rome, do as the Romans don't. And we, as Christians, we live, we're called to live, we're invited to live, we're compelled to live after the pattern of Jesus Christ and the way Jesus says we should live. Yes, this is how we should be, even Roman Christians, even Corinthian Christians, in fact, each and every one of us. Don't do as the world does, but do as the word lives and says and breathes. Don't do as the world does, but do different. And Paul gives us a reason for this. If you look at verse 23 and the verses uh, following it, he says, For I receive, this is the reason why you must be different, Christian sisters and brothers. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, what did he do? Well, we know what he did. He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For, that word again, you see, this is the reason. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he is coming. (laughs) He is coming. So don't do as the Romans do. Don't do as the world 
does, even if it's part of the culture. Don't do as the culture around you does. Do as Jesus does. Be as Jesus is. Don't do as the Romans do, but do different. This special meal, this Lord's Supper, which Jesus started at the Last Supper, which the Corinthian church continued, that's why Paul's writing to them, which the church today continues and in which we will share in a few minutes' time. This Lord's Supper in which bread and wine are shared one with another by the people of God, in which the Lord's death is proclaimed in our prayer and in the words of institution. This Lord's Supper, friends, is about building the church up, building it up as the body of Christ in faith, in hope, in joy and in love as we wait for the risen Lord Jesus to come and he is coming. Unite in the truth of God's word and his son and let our gatherings be visible signs of that unity we have. Even when you're in Rome, don't do as the Romans do. Come together instead in the truth do as the Romans do not. And we pray that the church will know the mind of Christ, the way of Jesus Christ, who died and who rose and who's coming again. Let this meal be a memorial to those truths at least. Don't do as the Romans do, but do different. So how should we then as Christians live and relate to each other. I think it could well be said quite truthfully that today's reading actually is a rather challenging reading. I've tried to be quite gentle with it, but some of these words are really pretty challenging and they go quite deep and some of them might be more easily unpicked in a, an age perhaps where not all ages uh, were present, but we are where we are. And this is what Paul says, so then, verse 27, you see, this is what Paul says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Is that serious? It sounds pretty serious. Everyone, therefore, ought to examine themselves, he says, before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment upon them. So yeah, that really does sound quite serious, doesn't it? And perhaps we'll come back to some of those things another time and we can talk about them maybe on another uh, occasion. Um, there's some pretty meaty stuff in there. What I think we can say for sure is that, friends, we've got to examine ourselves. We've got to look deep within before we eat this bread, before we drink this, these cups. Because the things that they commemorate are serious matters. And are we coming to this table? Are we come, am I coming to this table with a humble heart? Am I? Am I submitted to him and to his truth? I need to be asking myself that. And do I see Christ's body, actually not here, but here, in my fellow believers, 
Do I strive for their building up in faith, in hope, in joy, in love? I've got to ask myself that question. And are there elements of my own faith and my own practice and my own belief and frankly just of my life which damage and do not encourage the other believers that I'm sharing this meal with because if I can't answer appropriately to all of those questions I need to pray for more work of the Spirit in me. And I humbly invite you to ask yourselves these same questions. In yourself, and if need be, ask the Holy Spirit also to be doing his transforming work in you. Before we come together to this table. Yes, Ambrose, and he was a very wise man, and I'm sure it's good travel advice. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, and when you're elsewhere, do as they do there. But Jesus tells us to do different. And we are followers of Jesus now. We are no longer followers of Rome. We are elsewhere. And in this place and in this community, and I don't know you really, and most of you don't know me, but this is a church. And therefore we are all part of the one community of the one church with a capital C all around the world. And therefore I can say to you, even if I don't know you, and you can hear from me even if you don't know me, I can say to you, my friends, that in this place and in this community, because we are together the church of God in this church and in every church, we do things differently here. Right? Is that correct? Friends, we are the church of the living God and we do things differently here. So in a few minutes' time, we will share this meal, this Lord's Supper. We will eat this bread. We will drink this wine. We will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And we will do it as a people, one people, together. Since we follow one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do it as one people together. Because if we're not united in the gospel, in the teachings of the Bible, it's not the Lord's Supper that we're sharing. But a misleading version of our own private meals. And we might as well be back in Corinth 2,000 years ago. And Paul might as well have never bothered putting his pen to his paper even in Rome. Don't do as the Romans do. Do different. Do different. Do different. Let us pray. So loving God, we thank you that you call us to be in the world but not to be of the world as your risen son Jesus was in but not of it. We thank you, Lord, that you call us to live differently and we pray that your spirit will be working in us to make us different. And we thank you, Lord, that in our difference from the world around us, we might be your agents of difference, spreading the good news of your love and your grace in the hearts not only of our own church community, but the communities where we live and work and serve. May we live lives transformed for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and uh, Debbie is going to come and lead us in prayers.